just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. This is the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you had a good weekend. Well, a lot of folks didn't have a good weekend. Apparently, there were seven, count them, seven mass shootings over the weekend. This is all when Texas is easing up the gun law so anybody can carry a gun for any damn reason anywhere they want. Yeah, that's a smart move, especially when you've had the many problems as you've had in Texas. In California, you've got a federal judge who uh, is somehow amazed with an AR-15 and just likens it to a Swiss Army knife. So, yeah, go ahead and use it. It's funny, we've got people all over this country opening up ways that people can use guns, but we get untold amounts of mass shootings. It's been unprecedented in the last several years. And as I said this past weekend, seven mass shootings. When is it going to be enough? When are people going to say, Jesus, this is crazy? Because I'll be honest with you, it was crazy five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. But still because of gun nuts and still because of the NRA and because of the Republicans, everybody should own a gun and should be like the Old West and just shoot and ask questions later. It's getting kind of frustrating out there, worrying about going out to dinner, going out to church or going to a grocery store and not knowing if somebody's going to crop up, be pissed off for some ridiculous reason and start shooting a gun. Now, frankly, it doesn't matter if it's a pistol or a AR-15, other than with an AR-15 or some kind of semi-automatic rifle, you can shoot a lot more people very quickly. And we're seeing it. We've got a federal judge in Los Angeles that thinks AR-15s are cool. Now, I know a few people that have their share of guns. I own one gun in my life. And it was one when I was young and I used to hunt for ducks and pheasants and stuff like that. It was a shotgun. It was no big deal. And I wasn't necessarily enthralled with a gun. Yeah, it was kind of cool to shoot it now and again, go hunting. But... Eventually, I got tired of hunting. It seemed ridiculous. It was funny. My father was a big hunter, you know. I've told you about my father before, narcissist, uh, sociopath, pathological liar, not unlike Donald Trump. And he was big on hunting, like a lot of them are. Now, I'm not saying hunting's bad. I'm all for hunting for those people that want to hunt. But there's a certain faction of people that go hunting uh, that hunt for the same reason as when we were teenagers, they had to have the biggest stereos, the biggest amplifiers, and the biggest speakers in their car. Or the guys now that have to buy the big four-wheel trucks jacked up for to forever. It's like a show of their manhood, you know? It's like to prove that they're masculine and tough guys and all that sort of stuff. And when I was growing up, I grew up with a lot of, uh, with my father, and my father had a lot of friends who were like he was successful in business, so they were narcissistic, sociopathic, liars, and they were all about being out in the woods <laughs> with their guns, 
and uh, playing tough guy. It was it was something I I got a distaste for very quickly because I I didn't have that attitude. I didn't understand that attitude. So I'm about 14, 15 years old. I'm in high school or just getting into high school. And my dad would take us up to North Dakota and uh, we'd go hunting for geese. Now, if you've ever done this, what it is, you go out in this big farm field in October or November, the farmers dig these ditches in the fields, in the dirt. And you get down in these ditches, and you sit there from 4.30 in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon, because that's how my dad hunted. It was very militant from his side. It was a show of manhood if you could sit in this cold hole for 12 hours hunting geese. Well, at 14, 15 years old, I wasn't about that. That didn't interest me in the least. I was starting to notice girls, and even some girls were starting to notice me. And I wanted to go to the parties. I wanted to go to the dances. I wanted to hang out with the gals. Now, it's it's interesting. When I finally went to my father, and I said to him, I said, Dad, look, I'm getting tired of hunting. I don't really want to hunt. And he couldn't even fathom that. That made no damn sense. The fact that I didn't want to hunt anymore, I might as well uh, have told him that, that, that I'm not a man anymore, not a boy anymore, because it, it didn't make any sense to him. He was appalled by it. But I did quit going, and uh, I relinquished my gun because I had no reason for it, and, and I, I never hunted again. I never took my kids hunting. It was just not something that I was attracted to. Um, I'll be honest with you, there was a lot that I was not attracted to. Like with goose hunting, for example. You'd go sit in this hole for 12 hours. You'd freeze your ass off. You'd see a ridiculous number of geese up in North Dakota. A lot of them were flying out of range, so it wasn't like you had a pot shot out there that you could shoot geese and always get some. You had to call them in. You had decoys. They had to get closer, and then you shot them. The problem with geese was, though, they're big. And they're mean, especially a Canadian goose. And what you would have to do is you'd shoot the goose. It'd fall to the earth. Inevitably, it wouldn't be dead. So then you have to run out and grab it by the neck and wring its neck. Now, this wasn't appealing to me at all. I love animals. You know, the hunting aspect I get, you know, everybody loves to hunt and you know there is a certain value to hunting we're keeping animal population to a certain level and and it's a reasonable noble sport i have no qualms with people hunting but that whole interaction did not appeal to me i mean i could be out ringing a, du- a goose or a duck's neck or i could be back at a party with my buddies trying to meet this very pretty young girl that I've been dying to meet. It didn't seem like a hard, hard choice there. My dad never understood it. I think he thought I was less of a man because I didn't want to hunt every day. But from that moment on, I never have ever had a reason where I needed a gun. Never. You know, I've been in some sketchy situations, and I've been in um, normally safe conditions. And I've never once really had a need for a gun. And in fact, when I was young, if I had a gun, 
I probably would have gotten myself in trouble or gotten myself killed. So I never really had that need for a gun. But all these people out there, I mean, I know people that have a couple of AR-15s sitting in their closet. I say, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you need an AR-15? Oh, I go target practicing with it. What are you practicing for? What do you expect? A lot of them will say, well, when the government comes to get us, look, if the government's coming to get you, an AR-15 ain't going to save your life. If you've got hordes of desperate crowds coming to your door, all it's going to do is delay the situation. I think the important thing is to make sure you don't find yourself in sketchy situations. You don't allow this country to become a mass of angry hordes. The problem is, as I'm watching the country now, I'm seeing more angry hordes. Does that mean I need a gun? Uh, probably not. Probably not. And maybe I'm less of a man because I don't want a gun or don't need a gun. That's not to say if I was in a situation where I needed one, yeah, I'd get one. I'm not afraid of shooting a gun. I would get one. I have no qualms about it. But I also don't buy things and store things that I don't need just to make me feel better. So, I mean, if that were the case, I'd take all my money out of the bank, stack it up in a closet, and look at it every 10 minutes. But I don't do that. And that's why I don't need a gun. But now we're seeing all kinds of shootings all across the country. And when I heard them say seven mass shootings this weekend, I thought they were kidding. I thought that was not true. But I looked into it. It is true. And I wonder how you get to that stage. Well, we have a lot of diversity, not diversity, a divisiveness in this country for obvious reasons, Donald Trump and the like. And we've got a lot of angry people because, you see, you can't just disagree with somebody. People get mad at you for disagreeing with them, having the audacity to think differently than they do. And then it becomes confrontational. Then it becomes an argument. Then it becomes a fight. And that's a state that this country is in that we got to change. We can't be fighting amongst ourselves if we hope to maintain what we have in this country. I mean, right now we have a government that isn't able or willing to do things for us. And frankly, that's why the government is there, to do things for us, to make sure this country runs proper, properly, to make sure that problems in this country are handled. But now you can't do that. You've got a House with the Democrats with a slight majority. You've got a Senate that is split 50-50, which is fine, but then we've got Cinema and uh, Manchin, who sometimes side with the Republicans, and there are all kinds of problems with trying to get things through. So while Democrats have a majority, they really don't. Not always. Sometimes, but not always. And that's a problem. Not a problem for government. They just get to perpetuate their bullshit and keep collecting their money. The problem is for us because there's many things that need to be taken care of that don't get taken care of because we have one party that's obstructionist that won't negotiate, have no interest in bipartisanism. We have another in the Democrats that want to be bipartisan and want to do something for people in this country, but they got two people in their own ranks that are trying to throw a fly in the ointment. So this is problematic. We have a whole government 
that's obstructed. And the question always is, what do we do? Well, what do we do indeed? Well, there is one thing we can do, and I'm going to get to that, but I want to talk about a few things that are going on or happen in this country that we should talk about and make sure that everybody knows about, because some of it's pretty appalling. Um, it's, it's almost a little frightening to see this level of corruption going on in this country. Not only corruption, but treason. Literal treason. I talked about a story on TikTok one time. I got uh, Oregon State Representative Mike Neerman. Now, here's a typical redneck Trumplican dipshit. It's not bad enough of how he votes, but he's got to take it a step further. Now, Oregon, you know, Portland and all of that, there are all kinds of problems with riots and, and, and protests and that sort of thing. We've known about that. And we know they have a, it's kind of a microcosm of this country because you have the liberals that want to address some of the problems in this country. And we have uh, Republicans that want to perpetuate those problems because it's it's advantageous to their agenda. Well, Mike Nerman is one of the Republicans, a Trump Republican or a Trumplican. And uh, we have a situation where he was caught literally working against the government and the people he is representing, which seems appalling. And it'll be interesting to see what they do about it. But Mike Nerman, there was a there was a tape out where Mike Neerman was in a, a, a session in Oregon, something about COVID relief or, or something along those lines. It was an important issue. It was a closed-door session. And he just got up, walked out of the session, walked to a door to go outside of the Capitol. And as he walked outside the Capitol, he walked directly out, took a right, the door was open, and some of these redneck insurrectionists entered the building. Well, that's either negligence or he was tied to it somehow. And of course, he denied that he was tied to it in any way. But now another video comes out where he's standing in front of some of these insurrectionists, basically laying out the plan that he just executed by letting insurrectionists into the U.S. Capitol with hopes of disrupting something that was going on in the Capitol. Well, fortunately, Capitol Police were nearby, and uh, they shut that down quickly. Fortunately, the insurrectionists were grabbed up and pushed back out, and uh, they never got to do the damage they hoped they could do, not unlike their compatriots at the U.S. Capitol. But we've got to look at this. We've got a Republican representative, a Trumplican, who sets up a meeting, explains what they're, what he's going to do, then he does it and lets them in the building. How safe is the state capital of Oregon if you've got people like that working within the system? Not very safe at all. And so now what do we do with Mike Neerman? Well, they better better crucify this son of a bitch, otherwise you're going to get more people doing it. You can't let them off. 
You can't let them walk. You got to do something to stop this shit. Otherwise, it's going to get worse. This is unfortunately how Trumplicans and Republicans generally are. I always get the people saying, well, that's just a certain amount of the Republicans. All the rest of the Republicans are good. No, no, no. You see, the Republican Party as a whole has decided to side and support Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a treasonous. Donald Trump is corrupt. Donald Trump is a liar. And since they have chosen to stick with him, even the people that are good people in the Republican Party should be under that umbrella too because they haven't done anything to make a change. If you really hate what the Republican Party is all about, then get the fuck out of the Republican Party. Start your own third party. Yeah, I know you can't win an election, but then neither can they. By sacrificing yourself, you've taken the other people out of play. And by taking yourself out of play, that then gives you leverage. You should use that leverage. You see, people generally are afraid of the unknown. They're afraid of the future because they don't know what's going to happen. That's why people are rushing around doing all they can. All these conspiracy theories, the market's going to crash, the housing market's going to crash, whatever. And they're all doing things to save themselves from problems that have not yet happened. So they're afraid. And I've always said to people, there's no way you can go into any situation and hope to win if at first you're scared. You got to have some confidence. You got to have some strategies. And you got to feel good about pushing forward to fix whatever problems you have. But people like Mike Nierman or even people on the federal level in the House of Representatives or the Senate in the Republican Party, they're all scared to death. Yeah, they're scared of Donald Trump, but they're scared of the crowd that follows Donald Trump. They're afraid to go against them, even though that's the best way, the, 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 the truthful way, the righteous way. They're afraid to do it because they're afraid to lose votes has nothing to do with the betterment of this country, what it has to do with whether they can get reelected. Now, when we elect people to office, we hope that their country first and then their career second. But clearly with the Republicans and probably a number of Democrats as well, that's just not the case. And unfortunately, when they take that tact that is contrary to the job and contrary to the well-being of this country and each one of us. That's a problem. There has to come a point where people say, I don't care what it costs me. What's right is right. What's true is true. And I got to stand by it. Liz Cheney did that. She sacrificed a lot for doing that. Now, I'm not trying to make her a martyr or any special person. I think what Liz Cheney is doing is a calculated a calculated uh, gamble. She knows that this whole thing with Donald Trump and uh, these Trumplicans can't last. It's just too outrageous. It's too full of lies. She knows that it's going to fall down. It's going to go by the wayside ultimately, and she's going to be there standing at the top. She's going to exact actually exalt herself instead of being torn down like the Republicans tried to do. She's standing by the truth. She's still a high, hardcore conservative, 
Not somebody I would vote for, but you can appreciate the integrity. These other people, I mean everybody else actually, has have no integrity. All they're concerned about is getting reelected. And they're betting, and they're going to lose because truth and righteousness always beats out lies and corruption. They always get caught, and we're in the process of dealing with people getting caught, with the insurrectionists, people like Mike Nierman. These people will be exposed because they're so arrogant they will do things that are outrageous, thinking they can't get caught, but then they do get caught, and then it goes to hell. It just goes to hell. Let's take a quick break here, and uh, we'll come back. We've got some other things to talk about, so stick with us here on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I want to remind you to make sure you subscribe, pass along the podcast to friends, colleagues, neighbors, what have you. Again, as I've said all along, the important part of the podcast and the whole reason for the podcast isn't to... Uh, cause me fame and fortune that's not going to happen that way it's just not and i'm fine with that i'm fine with dealing with the people who come and listen whether it be 50 people or 5 million people it doesn't make a difference the point of it really is to try to gather more people together of a like mind and hopefully gain some power from that give us a voice because we as older people are becoming less and less accepted as a voice but we have a lot of power i've said this before 70 million baby boomers then you add in the gen xers people always say can the gen xers get on in this absolutely i'm about four years from being a gen xer so i'm not that much different from the gen xers either maybe that's the difference with me i've got the baby boomer in me and i've got the gen xers in me gen xers are the ones that don't give a shit (laughs) and i can appreciate that I'm a firm believer that if you learn not to give a shit, your life gets easier and less stressful. We can talk about that in a different different show, but I would like to gather as many people as we could to the Rational Boomer podcast. Uh, I think we can do some good in this country. We have a lot of resources with people of our age range, whether they be boomers or Gen Xers, and we should be able to exercise that. We shouldn't be silenced because we're old. We should be Um, asked about our opinions because we're experienced. We hold a lot of the wealth in this country, and we're 70 million strong. We are a formidable force in this country. And to shove us aside and keep us quiet, that would be a mistake for this country as a whole and certainly for the young people. So if they don't want to come to us, we will go to them with a reasonable force of knowledge, a voice, and a certain amount of power. Anyway, we're talking about some of the problems in this country, and they are many. Um, Of course, we've got the whole COVID thing that's now starting to lessen and lessen every month, which is good to see. Keep in mind that this has been raging for a year, and close to 600,000 people are dead because of it. 
Now, I've talked about how we're getting more jobs. Joe Biden got 559,000 jobs last month. The GDP is going to be 6.4. Joe Biden's got added more jobs in the first four months of his administration than any president in history. Now, the Republicans, you know, they, they will constantly try to twist and divert and distract to make those kinds of things out to be less important. And what they commonly say these days is, well, yeah, but Donald Trump had the pandemic to deal with. Of course, when the pandemic was over, things are going to get better. Joe Biden didn't do anything, but wait, 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 wait. The whole reason we had the pandemic, to the extent we had the pandemic, is because of Donald Trump. He wasn't just misfortunate by having the pandemic. He mishandled it. And because he mishandled it, it raged on for a year and it killed almost 600,000 people. So you don't get to slip away from that. Use that as an excuse. That is his fault. That is your fault. And you have to pay the price. So the fact that Unemployment was 8.8 when Donald Trump left, and it's now 5.8 with Joe Biden. Sorry, that's on you. That's on Donald Trump because you put us in this situation. It's been proved as much by Donald Trump's own people. Donald Trump's own doctor said that had they done something, had a plan, not gotten rid of the team, not threw away the plan— didn't just ignore it, we might have had 100,000 people dead. So now we're at uh, 450, 500,000 people that died unnecessarily. And now you want to explain it away because you were stuck and unlucky enough to have the pandemic. Well, you weren't unlucky enough to have the pandemic. You caused the extent that the pandemic became. You are part and parcel the reason why Nearly 500,000 people died because you did nothing. And the reason you did nothing, why Donald Trump wanted to ignore it, because you felt like it would wear poorly against your reelection. You thought it would affect your reelection. So somehow, some way you thought, well, we'll just ignore it. Tell them it's not there. And then we'll still be top dog when it came to the election. Well, it's hard to say it's not there. It doesn't exist, even though you tried. You know, the old hoax thing. It's hard to do that when 500,000 people die because you don't do a fucking thing. It's really problematic. So when people try to tell you, yeah, Joe Biden's doing a good job, but he didn't have the pandemic. No, he actually helped to fix the pandemic. When Joe Biden entered office, Donald Trump had vaccinated, what, like 8 million people? There were supposed to be vaccines sitting in warehouses ready to go, but there weren't. Joe Biden had to create a plan. Joe Biden had to bring in more vaccines, and Joe Biden had to get them distributed so people could get vaccinated. So now he's got half of the country vaccinated with at least their first shot. And now... His goal is to get to 70% by July 4th. And to be perfectly honest with you, the way it's going, it doesn't appear as though he's going to make it. 
I mean, we still have people out there that don't want to be vaccinated for whatever reason. And they're not just all crazy Trumplicans. We've got some regular Republicans that happen to be nurses or in the service or police officers or whatever. And they don't want to be because they think it might be dangerous. They think they're going to track you. Now, when I was asked if I'm going to get my vaccination, and he said, are you going to do it? I said, of course I'm going to do it as fast as I can. First of all, I needed to be vaccinated to be safe around my new granddaughter, who's a year old. I'm not putting her at risk. If I have to put myself at risk just to keep her away from risk, you're goddamn right I'm going to do it. That's what I'm going to do. I'd rather risk me than that little girl. But I didn't feel like it was a risk. The whole idea of putting a uh, putting a microchip in somebody's arm to track them was absolutely ridiculous. And one of the ways I know that is because I have a son who works in a, a veterinary hospital, deals with dogs. And he's seen them put microchips in dogs. And he said, you know... When you do that, you got this big-ass, thick needle in order to put that microchip in. And it's a big deal. But if you looked at the shots you got when you got your vaccination, it was very thin, very small. There's no way you could put a microchip in anybody's arm. And besides, why would you bother putting a microchip in anybody's arm when everybody voluntarily holds a cell phone in their pocket all day, every day? They don't need to track you with a microchip. They can track you with that frickin' phone. So that's absolutely stupid. And then they said, well, they're just trying to kill off people. They're just trying to kill off people with the vaccination. I try to look at things logically, you know. And I said to myself, okay, I'm getting a vaccination. I'm getting it no matter what. Doesn't matter. But I've already seen 150 million get this vaccination and no serious problems. That kind of track record makes me feel comfortable that this is going to be safe. So now I have the vaccination. I'm safer from COVID. And you know what happened to me? Nothing. Nothing happened to me after the first injection. Nothing happened after the second vaccination. I felt fine. I feel more comfortable now that I don't have as much risk with COVID. Now, people will think it's a cure for COVID. It's not a cure for COVID. The fact is, you can still get COVID, but you're not going to get as sick. You're not going to die. And you're probably not going to pass it on. Maybe we need boosters. Who knows what we need? But we've got to deal with the situation at hand. We don't need a bunch of Republican idiots telling us what it should be when it comes to medical procedures when they don't know fuck all about medical procedures, let alone how to run this country. So no, I'm not taking advice or suggestions or opinions from people who don't know shit. I've said this before many times. I don't listen to shit. And that's not totally true. I've also told my kids never to take advice from anybody always listen to everything that everybody has to say put it in your head stir it around a little bit and based on what you know you make your best decision for you the only way i listen to somebody and i do listen to people i don't first of all i don't listen to people that are dumber than me 
that's of no value to me. But if somebody knows more about something like a Dr. Fauci or or some other person in authority that actually has some intelligence and wants to do what's right, I'm going to listen to them. If I go get my car fixed, I may not even know what the problem is. But I'm not going to try to fix it because I don't know how to fucking fix cars. I can tell you the brakes are shot, but somebody else is going to have to put in the brakes. Because for even as simple as that is, that's not what I'm good at. That's not what I know. And since it's my car and it's my safety, I'm going to pay somebody to do it properly. But still, we've got Republicans, Donald Trump and the like, saying, oh, no, that's not good because of this. Well, you don't know shit. You don't. You're pulling that out of your ass. And if you expect me to listen to you based on no knowledge and, and, and the fact that you're not trustworthy, you're fucking crazy. So we're dealing with this vaccination situation. And so what do we do? We don't reach the 70% that Joe Biden wants. Well, there's nothing we can do. You know, these people out here are talking like we're going to force them to take the vaccination. That's not going to happen. That was never going to happen. That never will happen. Nobody's going to be forced to take the vaccination. To to, uh, suggest that you are being forced is fucking bullshit. Shut up. You're lying. You're an idiot. You're just whining and playing victim, and we're tired of it. So if you don't want to take the vaccination, here's what's going to happen. It's called natural selection. You get it. You get sick, and you die from it. Oh, well, you had an opportunity to take care of it, but because you're negligent and because you're stupid, you died. Some people say, oh, that will never happen. Oh, yes, it will. There was a police officer recently that did some videos that showed up on YouTube or wherever the hell it showed up, and he was espousing not getting vaccinated because it's horrible, because it's this, because it's that. 33-year-old cop going on video. Shouldn't be doing that anyway. Cops shouldn't be spouting opinion on on the Internet when they serve people in their community. They should shut their fucking mouth and just do their job. Now, when they're doing it personally, amongst friends and family, they can say whatever they want. But they shouldn't be out there promoting something to the country while being a police officer and working for the government. Even if it was positive. I don't even think you should talk about people going to get vaccinations. It's not their job. Their job is tough enough, and their job is actually not getting done very well at this point. So maybe you focus on the fucking job and do that right and worry about the other stuff later or leave it to people that are a little smarter than you. Well, anyway, this 33-year-old cop that was talking down about the vaccinations and how dangerous they were, funny, this may be God's little joke. He got COVID, and he died of it. Talk about karma. This guy's telling people not to get the vaccine. He gets COVID, and he dies. That's what we call natural selection. The weakest die. The strong survive. And didn't God at one point say, maybe he, maybe it wasn't in the Bible, maybe it's some other quote, but it's a good quote. And the quote is, um, God helps those who help themselves. God gave us the ability to have a medical industry, to come up with vaccinations and cures and that sort of thing. 
doesn't have to come down like a lightning bolt to do it. God gives us opportunities to take care of ourselves and expects that we should. So don't give me the religious aspect of this. But we're going to have this natural selection. There are going to be people who don't get the vaccination. Come fall, it might heat up again. And the people that didn't get vaccinated will be in these little pockets. And they'll get COVID. And people will die. Now, will that change their attitude? Probably. And then they'll come running to the government saying, Oh, we need the COVID vaccination. We need it. We need it. We need it. And you know what? Unlike the Republicans, Joe Biden and the Democrats will say, Sure, here you go. You should have took it before. You would have saved some lives. But since you're dumb fucks, still line up. We'll give you the shot. Because that's what real people, real politicians, real people with compassion do. Even if you're an asshole, even if you're contrary to what they're trying to do, when you become so scared that you're going to die, they'll still give you the vaccination. But if people want to ignore the vaccination and just die, God bless them. Good luck for them. Good luck for you. You want to do that? I don't care. And nobody should care because you've had the opportunity and you spit in the face of that opportunity. So if you get it and you get sick, that's too goddamn bad. I'm not going to feel sorry for you. Neither should anybody else. Talking about feeling sorry for somebody. Oh, (laughs) That, of course, is Donald Trump. Yep, who doesn't feel sorry for Donald Trump? Nobody feels sorry for Donald Trump because he is a piece of shit. He is the reason why we have all the problems in this country. He's the kind of guy that talks loud and yells and screams and a certain faction of people will follow him because they felt like they didn't have a voice before because they're dumb fucks themselves. So they think, oh, we got the king dumb fuck up there. So now we can speak out and, and take be taken seriously. Well, no, you're not taken seriously. But unfortunately, you do have a podium to speak from because of Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump stood in front of a podium this past weekend doing the only thing he can do as a politician And that is have a rally. That's the only thing he's had some success at, meaning he's drawn a crowd. Well, Donald Trump stands up there and embarrasses the shit out of himself. I mean, Republicans are constantly talking about, oh, Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe can't finish a sentence. Sleepy Joe's old. Well, I tell you what, every time I've seen Sleepy Joe speak, he's been pretty coherent, pretty articulate. Now, they'll go to, well, he slips here and there. Well, yes, he has a stuttering problem. So it's a little harder for him to get a speech speech out than some other people. But he does a hell of a job. And he certainly does a better job than Donald Trump because Donald Trump stood up at the podium today uh, this weekend. And he was virtually incoherent. He was spewing words that don't exist. He was combining words. He was slurring, and he could not get out a full sentence. You've seen the videos. I mean, it's frightening. This guy's um, mental capacity is obviously diminishing. And if that weren't enough, he steps away from the podium, and everybody looks down at his pants. It's kind of weird. These pants seem to bubble out in front. And not like he's become a porn star all of a sudden. No, it's a much different thing. And some people will say, well, those are Depends. Actually, Depends are much thinner. You don't hardly notice them. 
and he might wear those. But if you've got a bigger problem with incontinence or otherwise, you need a bigger diaper. And that diaper is much thicker and much more apparent when you wear them under pants. And now when you look at his pants, they're wrinkled real weirdly down by his, by his knees and very tight up at top, and there's a bubble that sticks out. And that's clearly a diaper. And I, I don't know, I've looked at the pictures many times, and it doesn't look like there's a zipper on the front of his pants. Some people say there is, but I, I didn't see it. And the thing is, is that because these pants, or because this diaper is so big, regular pants aren't going to fit right because there's just not enough room. I'm sure they're all tailored to his exact specifications and his <laughs> perfectly built temple or body. He loved to tell us that he's perfectly healthy. Well, if you saw him on that podium yet this weekend, he ain't healthy. His mind isn't healthy. His body isn't healthy. He's wearing a diaper. And the pants he's wearing seem to be either, some people say I'm backwards. I doubt that's true. Nobody would allow him to walk out on stage with his pants backward. <clears throat> but who knows? These people are fucking idiots anyway. But they might be pants that just have elastic waist that he can pull up over them because it's easier. Now, in normal situations, you wouldn't pick on somebody about that. But Donald Trump is all about picking on handicapped people and people that are different, people that are of color. So Donald Trump's ripe for getting nailed for wearing a diaper, peeing his pants, shitting his pants, slurring his words. If you were to put Joe Biden next to Donald Trump and you tell me who is the most unhealthy physically, who is the most unhealthy mentally, who is the least articulate? That award goes to Donald Trump, no question. Now, I've heard people say, oh, it was an amazing speech. No, it fucking wasn't. First of all, he said nothing. Second of all, half the time, you couldn't understand what the hell he was saying because he wasn't being clear. This man is not well. And that may be the downfall of the Republican Party because he may find himself ill or incapacitated. Then what do they do? Well, frankly, they're hoping for that because they don't want Donald Trump in the 2024 election. They'd like to get out from underneath Donald Trump, but they're afraid, as I said earlier in the podcast. Now, I'm going to wrap things up by telling you what we can do. That's always the question. Yeah, we know the problems, but what can we do? Well, apparently we can't count on the Republicans, and apparently we can't count on the Democrats because they're stymied. They... they they're fighting back and forth, and who knows what's going to get done if it ever gets done. But the one thing that we as a people have to exercise power is public opinion. Public opinion is one of the things that politicians fear most. It used to be back in the 60s, oh, we found out he was divorced once. Oh, we can't vote him in. But now, apparently, you can grab women by the genitals. You can um, have rape charges filed against you, even underage sex trafficking, and you can still hold some power. So it's much different. But public opinion does still work. So what that means is it's come down to us to save this country. 
And while we can't vote in new laws or kick people out necessarily that are in office, we can start talking, getting loud, getting outraged. Outrage is the one thing that gives us more power than anything. Don't believe me? Think about the George Floyd murder. Yeah, they had a videotape. But for decades and decades, the police have gotten away with shit like that over and over again. I can't even imagine how many people, people of color, that have been killed unjustifiably just because the cops wanted to do it. We're even seeing it now where cops are getting off when there's video. But there was video of Derek Chauvin murdering George Floyd. Even still, there was an argument for Derek Chauvin. Now, there was a time when they could probably shovel it under the rug and give him a pass because he got 18 passes prior and uh, get away with this shit. But Derek Chauvin did not get away with it. And there was only one reason. The video helped, certainly. But it was public outrage. There were riots. There were protests. There was public outrage. Now, we should not have riots. Protests are fine as long as they're safe and uh, and uh, nonviolent. But this country, we as a people, if we hold the power, and we actually do, and we are supposed to according to the Constitution, the th- only thing we can do is now get very loud about it. We need to talk about the Kevin McCarthy's, the Mitch McConnell's, the Joe Manchin, the Kirsten Cinemas. People that are doing all they can to damage this country, damage our democracy, and put us in a place we've never been before and we don't deserve to be. That's in the middle of fascism or an autocracy. So it's on us right now, really. We got to get loud. We got to get mad. And we've got to be outraged. And we've got to talk. This is what I meant when people say to me, well, you're just one guy. What good can you do? As one guy, I can't do any good. But if we can get two guys, 10 guys, 20 women and 50 guys or 50 women and 20 guys and get more and more people like we did with George Floyd, we can force some changes. How strong and uh, how strong is Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema going to be if the world is pounding at their door? Same with Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell. They can't hold up to public opinion if it's strong. And you saw it with the George Floyd murder. That murder, Derek Chauvin paid the price for one reason. Because of the outrage of the people. Because of the actions of the people. So take that as a lesson. Understand that's where we need to go in order to make changes in our government. Because the Republicans won't allow it, the Democrats aren't tough enough or they don't have the strength to do it, and it needs to come from somewhere else. And that's us. So don't think you're just one person speaking out. Hopefully you're one person of an ocean of people that are speaking out, an ocean that's creating a tsunami that McCarthy and McConnell and Manchin and Cinema and all the rest can't survive unless they give in. So keep that in mind. That's something we'll talk about on TikTok, and that's something we'll talk about on uh, the Rational Boomer podcast. It's about us and about what we're willing to do and how outraged we will become and how willing we are to speak out.
Think about that. If you have some strong feelings about things, speak out. Yeah, you're just one person. You won't do any good. But if everybody does it, now we can make some changes. And some changes are absolutely needed because we're sitting on the precipice of uh, our democracy and fascism. It's a frightening thing. But that's where we are. And we're down to us being the answer. So now we have to step up, speak out, get loud, be outraged, and force these people to do the right thing. It's a sad state of affairs, but it's true. It's unfortunately true. I'm going to get going. That's it for another Rational Boomer podcast. Again, want to thank you for joining me. And again, I urge you to hit the subscribe button, add reviews, um, Pass it on to your friends, colleagues, and neighbors. We want to get a lot of people talking loud and becoming outraged so we can make some changes in this country, absolute necessary changes in this country. Have a good week. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.